November is the month of the harvest. The farm population has always known this. It is their life to be involved in seed planting and crop harvesting. With the great migration to the cities, there's been a widespread loss of the annual reminder of nature's law of causation, as you sow, so shall you reap. To those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, it is self-evident. If you want to reap a good harvest, you must sow a bountiful crop. It's that simple. We live in a universe of law. Nothing ever happens by chance. Rain and snow and fog and winds seem to manifest spontaneously. But they're brought about by antecedent circumstances. The baker turns out a good cake. It's the result of a recipe carefully applied. As a matter of fact, we can't mix together the appropriate ingredients and bake at the indicated temperature in correct time and not produce the promised result. Actually, it's not the baker who creates the cake at all. He brings the components together he sets causes to work which bring about the desired result. The cake is produced by the universe, law of causation. The baker knows that the law will not tolerate the slipshod work. He knows probably by hard experience that random ingredients casually mixed and baked can only produce random cakes. All nature is a standing truth standing protest against the absurdity of expecting to secure changes in health or well-being without the employment of appropriate causes. Jesus says, do you gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? We're talking about bringing in the sheaves. I asked the folks at the retreat how many knew what the sheave was. Strangely enough, very few of them did. Obviously, they lived in the city, haven't in the country very much. Before the development of automatic farm equipment, the harvest consists in reaping the wheat with hand size and gathering the wheat and tying it into sheaves. I guess one right here before you. And the sheaves are put on a wagon and driven back to the threshing barn. This is the bringing in the sheaves. It was a very ceremonial experience. This is an excellent symbol of the harvesting of the seeds that we planted in terms of our thoughts and feelings and our plans and efforts expanded toward the realization. This is our life, sowing and reaping, sowing and reaping. New insight and truth has helped us to see that when we are in the conscious flow of life, there is a constant reaping of good experiences, of radiant health, steady manifestation of prosperity, and order in our affairs. And because there is law involved, we know that there is any, any lack in harmony or illness involved. There must be somewhere in the consciousness a block that is damming the flow. In the life of every one of us, there are experiences that happen where we have traumas of pain, grief, bitterness, anger, unforgiveness, guilt. It's important to realize, as Huxley says, an experience is not what happened to us, but what we've done about what happens to us. And the anger, the resentment, the bitterness are not what happened. Or your reaction to what happened, what you did and what you, you need to do about what happened. I want you to visualize a tree in midwinter. Barren, without leaves, 
There's one lonely leaf clinging to the branch up high in the tree. That's an interesting message. It's not that the leaf has the courage to hold out and hold on. But it's a symbol of the inability to let go. Think of that lonely leaf as a metaphor for holding on to experiences in the past in bitterness and resentment. So we have an experience of trauma, some great shock, leaving bitterness and resentment and pain, something very emotionally disturbing and hurtful. It may have been the enforced retirement from a job. Someone said the greatest shock the system can sustain is the retirement from a job. The shock of rejection and ensuing hurt and fear and sense of rejection. It may have been the shock of discovering an infidelity in a relationship. It may have been an injury in an accident or a serious financial reverse affecting your life security. Whatever, but it caused, caused great hurt, great trauma, life-shattering shock. Unfortunately, by the law of the upward pull of life, most of these traumatic memories, we have many of them, are resolved and healed and it has come to pass consciousness. In other words, they're symbolically included in the sheaves that are brought with the continuous harvesting of the cause and effect. But here and there, in the fields of consciousness, there are those few lonely leaves still holding onto the tree. Those shocks and traumatic experiences still standing out unharvested and unresolved. More than anything else, these may be the blocks that are the unseen causes of most of the difficulties of our life. Can be some, some open moment of trauma you're holding in your consciousness, still unresolved, still painful, maybe causing the physical condition that you've been worrying about and the problem in your work. We're very conscious of this in our study of truth. Today we're going to work on a harvest, a very special kind of harvest. I want you to work with some of those incidents of the past about which you're still concerned, over which you're still resentful, in which you still feel hurt, still feeling guilty. We owe it to ourselves, in the interest of the peace and freedom that we hunger for, to be transformed by the renewing of the mind. We can have a harvest festival of a special kind. As the old hymn says, Bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves, we shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. You remember that? We're going to have a trauma test. First of all, I must suggest that you uh, put your mind in neutral in terms of the intellectual objections that you have to things, the cynicism that comes so easily to the mind. Just be a little child and let, let, let this illustration, this visualization, work its effect. We're going to use an imaginary time machine. It's life-size. You step inside the machine, close the door, and sit down. You're like sitting before the controls of an airplane. There are before you all sorts of knobs and buttons and dials. You turn to a knob marked looking backwards. You push that. 
Set in motion a motion picture panorama of events and relationships, starting with yesterday and going backward through all your life. Flashing by all the things that have happened to you, all the many things that have made a great impression on you, all the things that have caused great trauma. Another button marked trauma is pushed. The scanning device homes in on that one trauma experience that is most consciously felt today. It comes easily to the mind when you're in this setting. For instance, it could be the recent death of your mother. The death of a parent many years ago when you were young. It could be something that happened when you were a child dealing with the treatment by a parent or a sibling. It could have been the shock of feeling a course in college. Whatever it may be, it caused a great trauma. Let this run for a few minutes until you probably will call up two or three trauma events. If you're at home and you can do this at home, you want to write them down to remember them just by identifying them as a certain situation. Now, first of all, you may feel that this is being ne very negative, dredging old experiences that you may have long forgotten. Why relive the pain and you re-experience the hurt? But you note that the trauma scanner did turn up this condition, this memory. The fact that they came up means that you have not really resolved them. They still have the capacity to hurt you. And they're hurting you directly or indirectly all the time until you resolve them. They're blocking the flow of the life process in you. It's an important awareness. The experience itself is unimportant. It's what you do with it that counts. Many painful and traumatic experiences are resolved and released and were gathered up in the sheaves of other times. The sheaves are brought in and your life has gone on without limitation. But the fact that you're a trauma test, call an experience up into consciousness, evidence that you've never really let it go. You still harbor that unforgiveness and hurt, which pecks away at you in the subconscious mind and bugs you incessantly. As we said, every negative experience in your life presents some kind of an attributable force directly related to some of the difficulties of your human affairs, these traumas, these shocks. So what you do here in the next few minutes could lead to a very wonderful healing for you, if you're willing. You may say, but I have deep soul scars from this situation. That's one of the rationalizations you hold for keeping it alive in consciousness. So easy to talk about scars. So easy to feel sorry for yourself because of the things that you feel caused the scars. I have scars. I have a scar on my hand and a scar on my neck. Both of them caused by a childhood accident that could have, in which I could have lost my arm and perhaps even lost my life. It was resolved in consciousness and it's long since gone. I many times I can't even remember what the scar is about. Somebody asked me. That's the way it should be. These conditions come and they should go. We should let them go. Sometimes we get caught up. Emmett Fox talks about the fact that sometimes in relationships we get caught by a hook that is stronger than steel. 
We're hooked onto some person, some hurt, some unforgiveness. It becomes an extension of us. We drag it around with us all the time. Let's return to the trauma event that you called up in the time machine. Select one that is presently most painful. And if you feel that this is a terribly negative thing to do, just do it anyway, and you'll uh, be able to condemn me for it afterwards. Give this experience a title, and if you have a chance when you get home to try this over, write it down at the top of a clean page in your notebook. But for now, just uh, think about it. That experience. It may have been 10 years ago, it may have been 30 years ago, it may have been yesterday. Something that happened that caused a great shock, a great sense of trauma. So think about what happened. Who did what to who? And what did they do to you? Just for a, moment, a few moments, I'll think about that. Recapture the memory of it. Ashley Montague, a Princeton anthropologist, talks about the many unshed tears that everyone carries within him, like a frozen block of ice, crystallized, blocked. We want to think of this because we want to think of, this is an imaginary sense, this block of ice sitting out in the sun, slowly melting. Now close your eyes. With that block of ice melting slowly in the distance, and the tears flow, we experience the shock and pain, the grief, the anger, the hurt of that experience. Actually feel hurt, feel grief-stricken, feel angry, feel rage. Just feel it for a moment. Resense it. The word res resentment comes from the word resense, resensing an experience. Get the feeling of the deep negative of that time, the pain, the hurt. to do that, is it? Easy thing in the world to do because it's right there in your consciousness. And it pours out. For a moment, give yourself support and comfort and love. Feel your arms around yourself. Giving a sense of loving understanding. Quite often you said about something that happened. I'll never forget that as long as I live. Reverence is the note of unforgiveness of someone. Or some injustice that was wrought upon you by your job or by the government. I'll never forget that as long as I live. In that moment you were yoked to the negative feeling. It became a permanent part of the bondage that you carry around with you on your back. 
important to think of some of the things that Jesus talks about. He was well aware of the, this problem in life. He had many illustrations and metaphors. One thing he said, agree with your adversary quickly. People sometimes feel this is unreal. How do you go on agreeing with the person who's picking on you, with the society that's injuring your best possibilities, with people who have been unjustly treating you, but someone has done some terrible thing to you? How can you agree with these things? Like so many of the Bible quotations, taken out of context, sometimes mistranslations, sometimes they need a further explanation of the how they were used in the time that day, to see them in a sense today. To agree with Scripture means to settle with. Settle with your adversary. Before you allow the hurt, the anger, the rage to continue, settle with it. Paul says, let not the sun go down on your wrath. It's a vitally important thing. Sometimes we're so caught up in the hurt, the anger, the resistance, the fear, the guilt. We allow it to become a continuous problem in our consciousness. Paul gives it a deadline. In other words, he's saying, go ahead and feel hurt for a while. Perhaps everybody deserves a chance to feel sorry for himself. Let your hurt express. Let your rage be out here. Let yourself be involved in telling somebody off and so forth. Get these things out of your consciousness. But don't let it go beyond the time you go to sleep at night. Every night when you go to bed, take time to relive the day and think of the things that have happened. And especially those things which are painful. Especially the deep shock, the trauma. We have it every day in some form or other. Take a moment to bless it, to forgive yourself for experiencing it. Constantly let it go. Release it. If it's someone, something, something's done to you, it's important to say, if he wants to feel that way, that's his privilege. But it's not mine. I let him go. I let him release it. If he said something to me, I might say, why do you have to do that to me? But to me is the fish hook. That's the clamp that grabs hold of it. He did it to me. He got up this morning and said, I'm going to get that Eric Butterworth before the day's over. He did it to me. But he didn't do it to you. He did it. And it's his problem. It will be a conflict for him as long as he's in that consciousness. But he can't do it to me unless I let it. So I can let it, let it go now, forgive it, release it. So that I won't have any part of this anymore. I bless him. And I'm free. It's not a problem anymore. I'm healed. Most of these great conflicts, these great traumas, these great shocks that we have in our consciousness that have so much weight upon our life, and resolved to their basic components, really very simple. That's why it's good to take a moment to relive them, to experience them. You can see them in a live sense and in your consciousness today, which is far different than the consciousness you were in when you first experienced the shock. You can look at this, the pain, the suffering, the guilt, the anger, the rage. Okay, well, that's, 
like uh, Alice in Wonderland and the Queen of Hearts casting judgment on her and she says, why? Off of their head, off of their head. And Alice says, in a moment of awareness, well, she's nothing but a pack of cards. They all fall away. We're so often involved in this pack of cards. And the Queen of Hearts or the Jack of Diamonds and the King of Spades figuratively puts a judgment upon it. Holds us up into some experience. Fills us with rage and fear. It's just a pack of cards. None of the things or persons or conditions out here can have a serious effect upon my life except as I react to them in a negative sense. I don't have to react in that way. I can give them control of my thoughts and feelings. I don't have to let other people decide how I'm going to think and feel and act. We may have lived that way much of our lives, but we can change that. We can let it go. Start a new era. An era of love and good feeling. An era of control. Shakespeare says, what's gone and what's past? Past help. It'll be past grief. What's gone and what's past help should be past grief. The popular word today is dysfunctional family. I'm going to be delighted to tell you that I came from a dysfunctional family. That's why I'm a dysfunctional person. It's a rationalization. I mean this lovingly, not, not critically, because I know it's something that's very important to some folks. You keep saying it's because of the crisis of my mother, my father, and the conflicts at home, this dysfunctional life out of which I was produced. I say, get off your parents' backs. Get off their backs. You've gone along long enough blaming your parents and blaming people in your past for something you are today. They did the best they knew. No parent got up in the morning and said, I'm going to be abusive to my children today. This is where they were in consciousness. This was the best they knew at that time. You have a family perhaps today. You're involved in relationships. You're always at your very best. And sometimes aren't you perfectly happy to excuse yourself by saying, well, I was myself today. It may be that your parents were not yourself for many days, for years. They were living a life at the highest of their own consciousness at that moment. You can see now that it's wrong. You've grown. You've changed. Get off their backs. Take responsibility for your own life. You take responsibility for it. You say that I'm at least co-responsible for things that have happened to me. And you have an opportunity to change. There's not nothing you can do about it. There's something someone did to you. You can't do anything about it. You can't change it. You can't alter it. But within your consciousness, you can change your consciousness and be healed. In many of us, is a subconscious accumulation of memory of instances that cause hurt, leading to what we call scars and festering open wounds of rage and unforgiveness, with the frustrations that block the flow of life. One may actually have a storehouse of hurt. It becomes a growing entity. 
medical science supports the belief that we cannot maintain an active storehouse of hurt and have joy and health and happiness too. Most, if not all, of our physical and emotional ills are the result of hurts and anxieties and frustrations in our conscience. In fact, one doctor calls arthritis bottled hurt. Robert Burns talks about the good wife Kate at home nursing her wrath to keep it warm. Ever seen anybody like that? Nursing her wrath to keep it warm. Going over the hurts and the animosities and the rage and the sense of injustice as if a person has a string of rosary beads and he's counting them over one by one. Going over and over the scars and the wounds. In time, the person loses control. He becomes controlled by the ravaging effects of pain. It could be said that one's personality, from the course of his life, may be shaped by the image of his hurt. It's tragic, but it's so sad. It's hard to get in touch with yourself, who you really are. You're not a person who's been at the mercy of conditions and circumstances all your life always picked on, always run over. As a matter of fact, you're not really hurt. You say, of course I am, I'm terribly hurt, but you're not hurt. Are you hurt with it? You put the name on the, the tag on the front of yourself, the name tag says, I'm hurt. You're a person experiencing feelings of hurt. It's not a play on words. I'm not hurt. I'm a person experiencing feelings of hurt. I'm not angry. I'm a person experiencing feelings of anger. But I'm a person. We lose the identification with our true self. We identify with and as all these limitations. Thus they pull us to the ground, take over our life. You're not fear. You're a person experiencing fear. You're not jealous. You're a person experiencing jealousy. When you see this in the full context. You see that you always have the capacity to control the things that go on in your mind if you disidentify from the conditions. Identify yourself as a whole person who may incidentally have fallen victim to conditions and things that people have done in my reaction, reaction to them. I need to stand up and disidentify and say, I'm not that. I'm this. I'm a person. I'm a whole person. Tremendous potentialities within me. I don't have to fall victim to that condition. I have these conditions, but I can let them go. I can choose not to have them. I can choose not to be angry. I can choose not to be hurt. See, we so often lose the thread here. See, he made me mad. She caused me a lot of hurt. My children have caused me great pain. No one causes you hurt or pain or anger. No one in all the world can make, no one can make you angry. No one can make you upset. Everyone has the opportunity of providing you with a good excuse for getting angry if you want to be angry. If you want to be hurt. If you want to be upset. But you always have the choice, as long as you disidentify from the condition. And it's something you have, not what you are. It's a 
sympathy. Most of these great trauma experiences that we carry in our life come because we've allowed ourselves to lose control of our lives. Take charge of your life. Own your own experiences. This happens to me, but it doesn't happen in me unless I decide it will. There's a visualizing technique that we're going to use for letting go of trauma events, shocks, great times of hurt. Just close your eyes now and go along with this. Think about what we're saying and feel it and move with it. I've been thinking about many things and experiences in the past. I want to observe these things, observe them. Let me impress on you that observing is far different than thinking about it. You're now observing all the experiences of your life that have come to your consciousness in this hour. You're looking at them. See them as clearly as if they're being projected before you on a motion picture screen. You're observing these things. And the you that observes transcendent to the you that was involved in the experience when it first happened to you. And as you observe this experience out of your past, form the image of packing it into a crate, a packing crate, a shipping crate. You place it on a dock by the ocean. Visualize this dock. In your packing case containing your hurt, your shock, your trauma, all packed away to be stored away somewhere. See yourself in a rowboat in the ocean, sitting down in a little rowboat, a little dinghy, have your oars in hand, you begin to row. You're rowing away from the dock. See the case on the dock slowly disappearing in the distance, getting smaller and smaller. Be aware of the ocean on which you're going, the symbology of life and ideas and vitality and substance and support. As you row away, you're seeing from a different perspective and a new understanding. Because as you row, you're rowing backwards. You're facing the dock, but you don't see where you're going. But you're confident in the security of the ocean of life and the creative ideas sustaining you. You know that rowing away and the you that is confident you that is growing and you that is confident is the central eye of you, the permanent core of reality within you. You know that wherever you are, whatever you may be facing, you'll be good. You're one with that which is good. You continue to row. The trauma event back here on the dock, packed in the crate, getting smaller and smaller. Gradually it sinks beneath the horizon. You know that you're free from the yoke of yesteryear. You're free. Feel good about it. Easily and joyously give way to the new sunrise within you, the beginning of a new day, a new life. That packing case, with the experience that had been harmful and hurtful for you so long, is now gone. You're free. When you're ready, just open your eyes. He that is here and now, and you're grateful.
It's important to know. And to tell ourselves time and time again that my life is in my hands. How am I going to treat myself? It's not in someone else's hands. It's not in the hands of history or something back there sometime. The people around me or the people I work with, the employers and the employees or the relationships, friends, neighbors, my life is in my hands. Do I treat myself well? Can I occasionally, as I said a while ago, put your hands around yourself and give yourself a good hug? Can you pat yourself on the back occasionally? Can you give yourself support? There's a lot of involvement in what are called support groups. These are good. They're helpful. But sometimes, depending on the individual, sometimes support groups actually give support to your negativity, give support to your weakness, give support to your trauma, your hurt, giving you sympathy and encouragement. Oh yes, I know, I've had that experience too. It's terrible. That's good to a point, but we need occasionally to avail ourselves of the support group of one. You take charge of your life. Take hold of yourself. Encourage yourself and embrace yourself. Tell yourself, I'm in charge. I don't have to continue with this hurt. I don't have to keep holding on to this condition, this situation. I let it go. In the support group of one, the one represents wholeness, represents the universe and God, surrounds you and enfolds you with love. The little logo that we use in our program shows the stick figure of a man in the center of a series of lines pouring in from all sides. This is the indication of the universe in support of you. It's you supporting yourself. The highest self of you supporting the lower self. Support group of one. Think about this. If you want to experience this process, you're at home and you take more time to write down. Go through the time machine, if you will, and call up something that comes quickly to consciousness, some hurt, some trauma from some time. Let it evolve in your consciousness. So you think about it, write it down, explain what, what, what happened. Take a few moments to feel it. Let the crystallized tears flow in a very literal sense, if you want to. Sometimes it's helpful to have a good cry. Feel the emotions, the anger, the rage, whatever. And remember that you're different now. You've changed. Now you have the capacity to speak the word of strength and power. To control yourself. To let go of the condition. Know that you're not going to be in bondage to these things anymore. You're free. And if you ought to, go through the experience of creating this thing all up into a box and putting it on the dock, ready for shipping. You take your little rowboat and row away. Sounds funny, doesn't it? It can be a powerful experience. Work with it yourself. That's your homework. Just for a moment, I'd like you to 
experience this sense of commitment. You're well aware that you can't keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building nests in your hair. You're human. You may not always be able to control your emotions. There may be times of anger, moments of fear, cases when jealousy rears its ugly head. There may be times when you're impelled to worry about something or to feel concerned about someone. If you remember to agree with your adversary, the adverse thoughts of your mind. And settle with the undisciplined squads of emotions that may run through your mind. You'll not let the sun go down in your wrath. You'll be alert at all times to forgive. Not for the benefit of the other person, but for your benefit. Whatever the shock or turmoil that may have settled on you, you face up to it. Ask what it is saying to you. Look carefully at the cause. Realize that the problem is in your reaction. Determine to resolve the conflict, to let go, to walk on. Put the trauma event safely in Wisconsin, a box, crated away, and row away from it until it disappeared beneath the horizon. Disappears from sight, and it's gone. You're through with it forever. If it should ever recur in consciousness, don't deny it. To deny it is to refuse to face it all the while sweeping it under the rug. Don't deny it. Look at it, clearly and confidently. And forgive yourself for letting this emotion run loose. Say, I let you go. You no longer have a place in my life or my mind. I'm free. I just feel grateful. Feel it. Sense the gratitude in your consciousness. You shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. So be it.